It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen lighted up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tecovis store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The sun's a-shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove. Beer showers. It's just the very best time for an Ole Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Eufy Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Eufy Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver. So ditch those house keys forever and give Eufy Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Eufy Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Eufy Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet, back in the co-host chair. It was me and Chase Parham for a crossover baseball preview on Tuesday. Today's guest on Talk of Champions is Ronnie Hamilton, Ole Miss men's basketball coach. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions on iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. Doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. Also available on SoundCloud, Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and affiliate of 247 Sports. Brad, what's up, man? How you holding up in Ice Armageddon 2021? Good, man. I mean, it's a little different week. Kids are off school, so kind of juggling the whole household with my wife. And, um, you know, we're obviously off work as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of sledding, a lot of hanging out outside and, um, you know, just, just trying to stay, stay, stay heated. You got any four-wheelers or anything to pull them with the sled or are you just straight pushing them with all your might? No, we got a little golf cart we ride around. We got, you know, we got stuck going up a hill, and which was surprising. Now, this is a pretty, you know, pretty powerful golf cart we got. But, um, yeah, I got stuck going up a hill. So it's, it's, um, it's walking. We, we had to pretty much walk it. You've already proven video evidence that you can throw a fastball 87, 89 miles per hour. I got to give you credit. So I figured, hey, get up on a hill, kids, get up on the sled, just throw them down there, you Herculean man, you. <laughs> 
Yeah, these these hills out here where we live are. Um, I mean, there's some people out there going pretty fast. I think there was a video on hole three of the country club where a dude was actually skiing down the fairway, which is which is incredible. <laughs> That's great. That sounds incredible. Did you also see all the? Th- oh. I think Student Storm bought Hemingway Stadium, and I think there was like a big snowball fight in the Grove or something like that. First of all, where did you get the snowballs? Because it's nothing but ice. But still, people are making the best out of what is essentially. An ice storm that has shut everything down. At least we've had power. Do y'all have power? Yeah, we have power. But yeah, you're right. I mean, what kind of? I mean, that's a painful snowball fight. I mean, once you get one of those things, that's a that's an ice cube. Yeah, that's a huge ice cube off the dome. Yeah. Anyway, Chase Palm was kind enough to do a crossover baseball preview with me, Brad. I haven't talked to you, and our last show that we did last week was all about Jeff Levy. Well, there's been some resolution. Gus Malzahn has been hired as the head coach of Central Florida. Ole Miss keeps his offensive coordinator. All the staff stuff is now done with Lane Kiffin. No more worrying about, okay, will there be an offensive coordinator change, offensive line, because Randy Clements is leaving to go with Jeff Levy, Kevin Smith. But Gus is the guy they go with experience. First off, what do you think about that, not only from a Central Florida perspective, but also Ole Miss keeping its offensive coordinator? You know, I'm excited for Ole Miss. Um, I think that they kept a really good coach. Um, that, and that's obvious. That's stating the obvious. Um, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure Levy would have liked to have been a head coach, but selfishly, you know, I'm excited that he's staying. And and ultimately, I think that um, I think Levy's a better coach than Gus Malzahn. I really do. I think that U, UCF went with a guy that that um, had had experience from a bigger school and probably had a little bit more of a relationship with the AD or something. But um, yeah, I mean, it's just um, I, I think that that for for Levy's sake, I mean, maybe he did want the head coaching job now, but. I think he's going to do and could, you know follow up what he did last year with a with a really good offense and some of the top numbers in the nation. He's in line for a bigger job than UCF. I think he's a better coach than than a UCF, and I think he um he has potential to be an, a, the next big SEC coach. I really do. I think he brings that that kind of offense um you know offensive knowledge, and I think that 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 he um you know maybe missed out this year, but I think he's in line to to potentially um you know, to step up to, to the plate. But if you look at it with Lane Kiffin, um, you know, being the head coach, it, it I mean, for an old, from an Ole Miss perspective, you definitely don't want him to leave, but Ole Miss turns around, you know, wins 10, 11 games next year and, and Lane Kiffin leaves. Well, you know, you got your head coach on the staff. I said it in the held true. And you said it too. If Jeff Levy had been offered, he would have accepted. Obviously, he wasn't offered. It was offered to Gus Malzahn. But that's how schools go. They always Their number one candidate is always the guy who took the job. So you don't know who turned it down or not. But something that came out that really piqued my interest, and it seemed like a little bit of a shot and an unfair shot at that from someone who I really respect and call Kublik, but he put this on Twitter. The Central Florida movement picked up steam when a candidate essentially removed himself attempting to backdoor his way in. Terry, the AD now, wasn't having it. What do you make of that? I mean, I think that's kind of a bogus shot. I mean, listen, Jeff Levy has, I mean, he has history at UCF. He was very successful when he was there um, trying to backdoor his way in there. I mean, he's he's a very viable candidate. Honestly, he's a better coach than Gus Malzahn. Gus's offense is, is a thing of the past. And, um, you know, trying to say that he's backdooring his way in there and kind of remove it himself. And, no, of course, he probably wanted to go home, go back to that school and, and um, you know, school he's familiar with, and, and get his first head coaching job, and and you know, be a um, be someone that turned it around. You know, and, and I think that he has all the right in the world to to go out and shop his brand. So, um, trying to pick up steam and, and backdoor your way in there, that's a bogus shot. That's the way I read it too. 
Because once you try to break down, okay, who is he referencing? It only applies, it can only apply when you start to think about it to Jeff Levy. Phil Longo, no. Gus Malzahn got the job. So who were the other finalists? Well, we know Jeff Levy was one and who had history with Central Florida. But every coaching candidate that tries to get a job at a school utilizes every relationship he can potentially utilize to get that job. So, of course, if Jeff Lebby was reaching out or maybe players reached out to him, other coaches, whatever it might be, people he has history with, that happens everywhere. How do you think Hugh Freeze got the job at Ole Miss, essentially what turned out to be not so much of a coaching search? Yeah, Kirby Smart was floated as a candidate, and they talked to Kirby Smart. And yeah, Larry Fedora was floated as a candidate. He wasn't really a candidate. It was Hugh Freeze's job, but it's because these coaches, and every time they try to apply for a job, they try to utilize any relationship from the past that they might have connection to a particular school. I don't know. It just reeked a little bit of a shot from Cole, who is not like that. And I don't know where it necessarily came from. I'm sure it's rooted in truth. But I think it adds a little bit of a nefarious slant to Jeff Lebby's candidacy when that's a pretty common practice. Coaches do that. And it's not like Jeff Lebby, if he did try to generate some local support to get a job that he would have taken, he wanted the job. I don't understand what's so bad about that. And to think that the new AD, he wasn't having it, so he's the heroic titular character in this whole narrative. How? He doesn't have the same history with UCF that Jeff Levy does. Now, Gus Malzahn is the head coach of Central Florida. That's great for Ole Miss because there's no more staff changes, and Jeff Levy's a hell of an offensive coordinator, and I agree with you that if Lane were to leave, Jeff Levy's an obvious in-house replacement. I think Ole Miss would have a wide search, cast a wide net, but Jeff Levy fits what you're looking for in the modern college football world of up-and-coming offensive-minded head coach. Taking a chance there, maybe. But this just seemed a little unnecessary. Just This is what happens in coaching searches. This is what they do. Of course he would get people to try to generate support for him locally. He knows those people. I don't know where that came from. It just seemed very out of character for Cole Kubik, who is not usually like that combative and adversarial, if you will. Yeah, and not to mention, it's not like, I mean, he, Jeff Levy's a qualified candidate. He had one of the top offenses every, everywhere he's been. He's had, you know, some of the best offenses in the nation. And, and not to mention, every coach does that. I mean, I mean, if you have connections at a place, I mean, it happens with coaches and players. I mean, you know, if if I know the O-line coach at a, at a, at a team, I'm going to text them whenever I'm available. Just like any other, you know, a, it's all about who you know in the sports world. If that wasn't the case, half the people you see on staffs wouldn't be on staffs, you know, whether it be family members, previous coaches, whatever. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, trying to say he's back during his way in there is is total bogus, especially since he is the better candidate, and, and it's, it's obvious. See, one thing I want to bring up here to kind of prove the point, when Ole Miss's defensive line coach job came open, I had a media member, a national media member, slide into my DMs on Twitter saying, hey, if you do a hot board for this position, include this guy. I'm like, why? Turns out I didn't ever include him because we didn't do a hot board, and I wouldn't have said it anyway because it just seemed kind of weird. Not necessarily what you do when you're trying to follow the breadcrumbs of where a coach is potentially going to add or subtract from his staff, so I wouldn't have ever included him. Turns out the coach was trying to float his name for that job because he wanted to get that job. He wanted to return to Mississippi, and that's what coaches do. Is that trying to backdoor your way in? No, it's utilizing the, the relationships that you have or the connections that you have to a particular school. Every coach does it, whether it be through the media or through local connections. That's what they do. So just it seemed like a, a shot. But I tell you, the biggest winner in this entire ordeal, now that it's settled and over with, the greatest winner in this whole thing is Matt Corral because it was a real chance there that he was going to have his fourth offensive coordinator in four years. 
And for a guy who is the best returning quarterback in the SEC, having his offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach back and running it back for year two, it's huge. And honestly, it would have created a real question mark had Jeff Levy left, not of whether or not Ole Miss would have been good offensively. They would have been, but there would have been a change. And sometimes change can be for the worst, no matter how much you trust Lane Kiffin. So having the whole crew back offensively allows you to feel a little bit more secure if you predict Ole Miss to have a breakout year next year. Yeah, it, it really allows um, you know Jeff and Matt to kind of kind of dig a little deeper into strengths and weaknesses, you know. Um, they've been together for a year. They'll have a little experience on how to communicate with each other and how to how to really process things. And, and Jeff knows how Matt sees the off sees the defense that he's going against, so he's able to game plan, you know, around what his what he's good at and what he's not so good at. So um, it's just taking it to another level this year. You know, they'll have a whole off season together. Um, they'll be comfortable with each other, and they're going to be. He's probably going to allow Matt to do some things, you know, within the offense that that maybe he didn't allow him to do this year, as far as you know, making up making up some different decisions and maybe some different changes um, to stuff during the game. So, um, yeah, it's going to be huge for Matt. I feel like that um, that you know they're going to really be able to fine tune some stuff and and really take that next step, which. The next step, I mean, I don't know how much better you're going to get, but the next step could be something really special. What is the next step? After you watched Matt Corral for a year with Jeff Levy, these two coming back, running back together, what is the next step? I think just consistency and finishing games. I mean, I think that, um, you know, obviously Matt Corral was great this year, but there were some times in there where he um, you know, would kind of revert and go back to being a little bit reckless and, um, you know, potentially – you know, not, you know, turn the ball over and stuff. And which if you look at later on in the year after that Arkansas game, and then I think there's one more later on in the year where he didn't have such a good game. He, he really versus Indiana and a couple other teams really, you know, he started, you know, taking what, what the defense was giving him instead of trying to force stuff. And that's where he's going to need to take his next step. And, um, you know, he can't have those, those lay in the egg games versus a team that, that, that you should beat, you know, to, to really take that next step. Okay. Put on your hat of NFL evaluator. Matt Corral, we all assume next year will be his last year. So if he wants to make himself into a top three round pick as a quarterback, what does he need to do? I say he needs to continue where right right where he left off with with, you know, making you know, obviously taking the snap, making the read, you know, not really and a lot of quarterbacks you see when you watch a quarterback, they're really hard to evaluate in college because the offense is so much different than the NFL. But a lot of guys run around and make stuff happen and everybody thinks, oh, he's a good quarterback. But that's that's not realistic in real NFL football. The the realistic NFL football is, hey, can I progress through through all my reads and make the right read and throw it on time? Because in the NFL, you're not going to really have a whole lot of time to run around unless you're Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, which those guys all struggle at times too because they do that. And um, but you know, you really I really want to see him do exactly what he's doing. Saying, hey, I'm taking what what's there. I'm taking the, if, if they're going to zone me out all game, I'm going to take the check down. I'm going to hit the, you know, I'm going to hit the scene. I'm going to hit what whatever I have to do to make it. Um, you know, to, to, to make the correct throw. I'm not going to try to force anything. And that watching him do that all year long is, is going to be, um, going to be where, where I want to see him. And that, that, that is what'll make him a, um, you know, a high draft pick. He's got to show some real consistency and actually playing the position, the, the way that they see it in the NFL. Did he have good timing this year when you watched him over the course of 10 games? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think he did. I mean, I think that he is, um, yeah, he, 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 for for within the offense, he 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 certainly was um you know at times extremely um extremely good with the ball, extremely good with the reads, everything was on time. You know, it's just at times whenever he you know some zone defenses are really getting him trouble early on in the year. So he um 
yeah, he's he's going to have to really learn how to how to take what the defense gives him. Conceptually, is Ole Miss's offense pretty in line with a lot of NFL offenses? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially the way they use the tight end. Um, you know, it's it, it's a little bit like the Chiefs, um, kind of all over. I mean, Ole Miss does do some some kind of college quirky stuff with, with some of the screens and some of the misdirection stuff, which is fine. I mean, that's and some of the motions are a little bit different, but for the most part, the route concepts. Lane's been the NFL. He kind of gets it. He knows, especially when you see guys, you know, adjusting on the fly and stuff, especially with the tight end. Um, yeah, I, I think that some of that stuff really does translate. So, um, with Lane having NFL experience, you can you can just see it um, see it in the offense. What wrinkles could they add now that they have everybody back? Um, you know, I, I would like to see a little bit a little bit more in the run game. Um, I think that that would. Um, I think that that would really help out, you know, obviously with, with you having good running backs coming back, I think that would really help, you know, especially whenever a, they play the drop eight in the zone. I think just a, a little bit more flavor in the run game. Um, and, you know, maybe some, I would say probably some, some deeper, some deeper routes. Um, you know, there, 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 there's times in there where I feel like they can expose the middle a little bit better, middle of the field a little bit better. Yeah. Cause when you watch them, a lot of their pass and catch results in yak yardage. And Elijah Moore turning eight yards into 20 because he's so open. Now they scheme him open and Matt gets in the ball, but pushing the ball down the field. We didn't see a ton of Matt Crowell really pushing the ball down the field. Those huge, huge bust plays. Now he's got the arm for it. And there were times where it was like that, but you didn't see a ton of shots taken game in, game out. You look at, there was a couple, there's things one to Braylon Sanders late in the year. That was pretty sweet. Couple of Elijah Moore later on in the uh, earlier in the year too that was good but yeah I mean I, I think the um, you know there's probably some deep some deep routes some deeper patterns there that 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 Ole Miss could add um, but I mean a, a lot of that a lot of that when you're watching the game too is the fact that they're just zoning us out so yeah Matt Matt was doing a, a decent job there at, at times of of just throwing it out and you know letting his guys work so um, yeah I mean that's uh, that's certainly certainly a place Ole Miss could get a little better in. What throws do quarterbacks have to make at the next level that a lot of quarterbacks can't make, and that's why they just don't make it? You know, you look at um, you know outbreak and stuff can be pretty tough for for quarterbacks, especially when you're running you know corners and we call them Omaha's. Um, you know, it's like a little eight, eight yard outs. The outbreak and stuff is pretty hard for for most NFL most quarterbacks in general. Most stuff coming in, guys are guys are pretty good at. Um, but it's all the, you know, the outbreak and sideline stuff that, that they can get quarterbacks pretty, you know, get them in trouble. Well, Ole Miss has got its offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach back in Jeff Levy. That's a huge development. Now we don't have to worry about God covering offensive coordinator searches and everything else that would have potentially come with that. Gus Malzahn is the hire at UCF and now Ole Miss football, it's settled. It's done. We look towards the spring. The question is whether or not Ole Miss will have a spring game. Florida announced on Tuesday it's not going to have a spring game. It's going to have spring practices, but not a spring game. I think that that could probably be what every single SEC team ultimately does. And if Ole Miss does it, I ask you, does the spring game really matter? Going to jump right back to Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet with Ronnie Hamilton, Ole Miss men's basketball assistant coach coming up on the Modern Women phone line after I tell you briefly about Cheney's Pharmacy and Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. A new year is here, and you want to put your best foot forward. The only way to do that is to make sure that you're taking care of yourself, that you're keeping yourself safe, that your pharmacy is one you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. 
Cheney's Pharmacy, a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221, or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard, that's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at Cheney'sPharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. It's a new year. 2020, that awful, awful year, is behind us, thank goodness. And that means new beginnings. Maybe even a new car. Well, if you're in the market, there's only one place to go. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. They're going to take care of you. Get you into your next vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford is Brian and Mason and the rest of the staff. They aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. And when you go, make sure to mention that Talk of Champions sent you. These guys are hardcore Ole Miss fans. They're going to want to talk some Rebel sports. But more importantly, they want to make the process as seamless as possible, that you get what you want at a good price. So contact them today at 662-234-8000. You can stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue. That's just past Kroger. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. That's where you got to go to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. No, I, I don't think that. I mean, a spring game usually was pretty much just for the fans, but um, the, they can easily line up and, and have a scrimmage each each weekend, and it'd be you know pretty darn competitive. So, um, as long as the coaches are able to see those guys go against each other and, and evaluate the guys, um, you know that they like, they'll get more than enough out of the spring. The spring game was usually a scripted kind of you know, vanilla, vanilla show for the fans. So, but yeah, they'll, they'll have, if, if as long as they're, as long as they're able to practice with themselves, that's all that matters. So they can get better in the end. Um, you know, that they can put on some live scrimmages where they can run their full offense. Cause there's nobody watching. They actually may get more out of doing that, to be honest with you. It used to be that the spring game mattered as an Ole Miss fan. You went to Vaught Hemingway stadium. You went in to watch the spring game because you would see maybe a preview of what they looked like, but because of the sec network, broadcasting everything, including spring games. Coaches are not going to put on tape for free anything that an opposing defense can take away from them. Now spring games just don't matter. It's about the practices. And as players, what do you get particularly out of individual practices? Yeah, well, the individual, to touch on that, that, that is individual work is nothing more than muscle memory. I mean, you, you you're trying to really – you perfect getting your hands in, you'll know, get your feet in certain places. I'm really getting used to playing like that. So whenever you get to team, it becomes a habit. You know, when, when you're in team, you can't be thinking about, you know, technique and, and, and thinking about, you know, Hey, I got to have my hand here. You just got to play ball at that point. But when you go into endo, it's all about getting repetition and getting muscle memory to, to, to get to where it's just second nature for you to, you know, to be, to be playing the way you're supposed to be playing. So individual work. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get better from doing it, but, um, it's, it's certainly just nothing more than muscle memory and, and also getting in shape. I mean, you, you, there's not many times where you're going to go through going during a game and be running multiple plays back to back to back to back, you know, to get in, you know, to during a game, you know, it's going to be much slower pace, but if you're an endo, you know, really going at it, 
you know, kind of a faster pace, you kind of get in shape. So that's, that's mainly what endo is for. Now that everything is done, there's no uncertainty. Has your outlook changed on Ole Miss football in 2021? No, I think that um, I think we're gonna be a very good team. I really do. I, I just I think it's I, I think the potential there is to have a really good team. Now, mindset is a whole other thing, and I've said this a million times on here. On paper, Ole Miss looks like it's gonna be pretty good. It's whatever mindset that the leaders instill in that team and and the accountability they have this year. They can't think, oh, we we went five and five. We won a bowl game. You know, get comfortable kind of mindset. They got to go in there. With, uh, with the mindset of, hey, I want to do something special here. I really want to have a chance to compete for the SC championship, which I think they could. I really do. Um, it, it, as long as the leaders on that team you know, work with that mindset and realize that they really didn't do anything last year other than, than go 500 and win a bowl game, um, yeah, I, I think I think that'll really tell the tale once we see them roll out this, this, um, this fall. Yeah, but Ole Miss fans are so hyped up, and they're so excited. And now that Jeff Levy's back, the excitement level is only going to go even higher if it can possibly go even higher. So really, for all those Ole Miss fans that are listening right now, realistically, what should their expectations be today, February 17th, as they're listening to this podcast? Well, being a being an Ole Miss fan my whole life and understanding the mindset of an Ole Miss fan, are, I mean, the expectations are, are going to be brutally high um, for this team. So I, I think that realistically, I mean, that there's no other way to put it. I mean, they, they, they won, they won a bowl game versus a, a top ranked team and they competed almost every SEC game this year and, and had a chance to win almost every single one of them. That's including versus Alabama. Florida was probably the only game where we just outright got beat. And that one ended up being a couple scores at the end. So you got it. You got to think, Hey, well, what's that? We got almost everybody coming back this next year. Um, why, why wouldn't Ole Miss be competing for the West again? So, yeah, I mean, I think realistic expectations are what they are. It's that Ole Miss should should compete for the West this year, and if they don't, they would have taken a step back from what they did the previous year. I got to give you a shout-out, because when you said it, I thought it was insane. But we were doing a preseason preview of Ole Miss football, and you said straight up that Ole Miss can compete and win potentially every game it plays in 2020, and I thought it was nuts. I told you, I was like, man, come on, dude. That, that's the most homerish stuff ever. Privately and publicly, I, I, I was just baffled that that would come out of your mouth publicly. It turns out, you were right, they were competitive in every single game. And even the games they lost, like Arkansas, even with six turnovers, they should have won that game. So, yeah, I get if Ole Miss fans are over the moon excited about next year. My only word of warning would be, you have been through this before. You have seen this movie before as an Ole Miss fan. Always go in with as low of expectations as possible. So that way you can be pleasantly surprised like you were this year compared to the alternative, which is I expect Ole Miss to go to Atlanta. And then when they fall short or if they fall short, being disappointed, dejected and wondering what the hell's going on. Yeah. And I, I think two things, there, there's two real things that have to happen as well that, that are not automatic is, is one, the wide receiver core has got to to really be sured up and there, there has to be someone step up and, not really be the next Elijah Moore, but we need a couple guys that are, that are really good playmakers. And the defense has to take a step forward. Now, if that defense does not step forward and we don't have any wide receivers, you know, step up, we're going to, we're not, we may be almost the same. You know, I don't know we take that big step forward, but I think assuming with all the stuff the defense has added and assuming that all these wide receivers we have coming in, you know, and the other ones we have taken a step, it, that we're going to have a good team. But if those two things do not happen, Ole Miss will struggle this year. 
Just please, God, beat Liberty. We are going to whoop their ass. I've told you on here a million times. I'm calling it now. There's no way we lose the Liberty. If we lose the Liberty, I, I don't even – there's zero chance. Got Ronnie Hamilton, Ole Miss men's basketball assistant coach, coming up here shortly on the Modern Women phone line. Ole Miss, according to Andy Katz, who now writes for the NCAA, <laughs> is a 12 seed in his latest bracket projections a month out from March Madness in a play-in game against St. Louis. How far Ole Miss has come, a four-game winning streak, the longest active winning streak in the SEC. You need to get that net as close to 40, if not in the 40s as you can. Almost is 55, I think, as we're recording this. You need other teams to win. Like, for example, Missouri. You need them to stay in the 30s in the net. And unfortunately, Missouri lost at Georgia on Tuesday. Missouri needs to win every game left on its schedule except Ole Miss. Ole Miss needs to beat Missouri, obviously. It would be perfect if Ole Miss could just win out for the rest of its schedule. But that's a huge loss because that's one of two quad one wins for Ole Miss, Missouri and Tennessee. Mississippi State was a quad one win, but because Mississippi State continues to lose, now they fall into a quad two. So Ole Miss's resume, by no fault of his own, is getting hurt by the teams that they're beating, now losing. Of course, they could have handled their business and beaten Florida and Dayton and Wichita State, in which they, in each one of those games, had a second half lead at least of seven points and didn't get it done. But still, Ole Miss right now is in contention firmly on the bubble. And Ronnie Hamilton is going to talk all about it. And then Ole Miss baseball is supposed to open the season this weekend if they can get out of town and get to Arlington in the college baseball showdown against TCU, Texas, and Texas Tech. That's three top 10 teams. And on Tuesday, I think it was Baseball America, came out with its rankings of the top 150 players. Ole Miss had Doug Nikhazy at 19, Gunnar Hoagland at 26, Hayden Dunhurst at 113, Peyton Chatagnier at 117, and Taylor Broadway at 133. Ole Miss baseball has got the toughest schedule in the entire country, but the talent is there. Could be the makings of a really fun team. There are some question marks, but still, other two sports that we don't talk about all that much you and me together, but Ole Miss basketball, it's come on, and Ole Miss baseball, your favorite, is about to start up. Yeah, no doubt. Ole Miss basketball certainly could finish strong. I think at this point, um, you just got to win out. Just win. Just win and let, let it take care of itself, and then you know, baseball, there's a lot of excitement going into this weekend. Um, it, it, would, it would be nice. You know, my wife's from Texas, so I hear about all the Texas teams all the time. It would be nice to go on there and just, just whoop every one of those teams. And I feel like we got the talent to do it. I'm excited about it. I wish, um, you know, different circumstances. I'd probably actually be down there this weekend. So. Oh, I'd be down there too, 100%. I thought I would oh, yeah. be down there. And, of course, because of COVID, no in-person stuff. So what was I going to go do? Just sit in Arlington in a press box on a Zoom call with Mike Bianco and players? I can do that at home. What's the point in spending the money? So until I can actually go talk to people in person, I'm not going to do it. But I really wanted to make that trip. And I thought I would be making that trip because Arlington, that's where they hosted the Major League Baseball playoffs. And I thought, okay, they've got it handled. So there's going to be in-person stuff. There isn't. And then an ice storm hits and wipes out all of Texas. My God, man, Mike Bianco and them, they just can't catch a break right now. I know. It's like it's like we're wasting one of the best Ole Miss teams ever. It's just like whenever I, I watch the Chicago Bears, just keep wasting this best one of the best defenses of all times every year. But um, yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Hopefully, we can get this thing rolling so we can see you know just how great this team can be. What are the keys for Ole Miss getting over the hump and getting to the College World Series? Well, I think first it starts with the pitch, the pitching living up to the hype. Um, you know, most teams that make it have a have a solid rotation. Well, from all accounts on paper, our our bullpen and rotation is you know, they're next level. I mean, they, we, we have two pretty high draft picks rolling out on Friday and Saturday. And then, 
you know, obviously there's a lot of hype in bullpen. That's that's number one. They have got to dominate. They got to have a really good year. And then, then the bats. I mean, who steps up and you know, with with Keenan and Servideo, who who steps in those shoes? And then who's who's the breakout player this year? Is my question. Who's the Anthony Servideo? Who's the guy that comes in? That out of nowhere, you know, maybe he was a good player the year before, but still, then he took it to the next level. Now he's, you know, an, an absolute stud. There's going to be a guy do that on almost his team, and maybe someone that that, that no one expects, but there will be a guy that 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 really ups his status, you know, early on this this year this year with baseball. Put on your baseball cap because we can't talk about football all the way to June. There's going to be breaking down Ole Miss baseball with Bradley South. That's going to be fun. This is what you've been waiting for. Oh, I love it. Yeah, that's uh, that. That'll be fun, man. I mean, I I pay I play pay pretty close attention to to Ole Miss baseball, so I'll um you know I can give my thoughts. I'm not a I'm not a, a baseball coach, so so to speak. I don't know anything about technique, but I certainly know what I'm looking at and no no players. I hope Ole Miss basketball makes it to the NCAA tournament. I don't care if it's a playing game, even though it was the worst experience I've had covering any sport when Ole Miss went to Dayton and played BYU, was down 20, played one of the worst halves of basketball I'd played all year, and then played one of the best halves that it ever played in the second half. No preparation at all to fly where they were going to have to go because we all expected on media row for Ole Miss to go home. And then halfway through the second half, we all started getting a little nervous and then planning our trip. So then what happens is, after Ole Miss beats BYU, we all hop in our cars, drive from Dayton to Nashville through the night, arrive at that airport at 5 in the morning, hop a plane, fly to Jacksonville so we can cover Andy Kennedy's team and his press availability that next day, and then cover their one-game appearance in the NCAA tournament against Xavier, and they lost that game, and then fly back to Nashville and drive into Oxford to get home. It was exhausting. But the NCAA tournament is the most fun postseason experience. I love the NCAA tournament. And for this team, with where it was, they were 3-6 and six in the league. Now they're 7-6. and six. And they've beaten Tennessee and Auburn and Missouri. And they're now scoring in the 80s. Almost sports is fun right now. And almost got good news with Jeff Levy not going to Central Florida. I hate it for Jeff Levy because Jeff Levy, you obviously want to see head coaches move up and have success and get what they want. But for Ole Miss, selfishly, we said it last week, it would mean so much. And that hasn't changed. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. When you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. Also available in SoundCloud and Spotify. Just simply search Talk of Champions. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com, and a food of 247 Sports. Going to go now to the Modern Woman phone line to speak to Ronnie Hamilton, Ole Miss men's basketball assistant coach, because, again, Ole Miss basketball has got a ton of momentum. I'll let Ronnie speak to that. But first, got to say bye to Brad. See you, buddy. See you, Ben. Howdy, toddy. Going out to Ronnie Hamilton, Ole Miss men's basketball assistant coach, after I tell you briefly about Modern Women, which sponsors, of course, the Modern Women phone line. Are you tired of working 9 to 5 for 40 hours every week just to make money for someone else? Well, our sponsor of the Talk of Champions phone line is Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, and he's looking to hire new financial representatives here in Mississippi. No background experience is necessary, but you do have to be a resident of Mississippi. And what he's looking for is someone who is highly self-motivated and who wants to make a difference in the lives of others. A full-time position comes with benefits, such as health insurance, a matching 401k, and a pension plan. For more information, feel free to reach out to Thomas personally. You can find him on Facebook, or his number is 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. That's Thomas Chandler of Modern Woodman, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. (laughs) 
The Modern Woodman phone line. Cool. We'll talk. No big whoop. No big whoop. Where the best Ole Miss guests from far and wide drop in to talk the very latest in Rebel sports. Modern Woodman. Let's make a difference together. Going down to the Modern Woodman phone line to speak to Ronnie Hamilton. Ole Miss basketball has won four games in a row. The longest winning streak in the SEC. Ole Miss basketball is hot and now firmly on the NCAA tournament bubble. We'll get into all of it. Ronnie, what's up, man? How you doing? How you doing, Ben? Trying to stay warm and, and, and safe, you know, in these, uh, this winter storm. I never thought I'd, I'd be in a winter storm in Mississippi, but uh, it's, 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 a, it's a good sight to see white outside on the ground, but I just wish it wasn't packed with so much ice that we could still enjoy it. But it's uh, been great. Obviously, our team has been playing better. And, Hopefully we can keep that momentum through, through the end of the season. Did you do the Mississippi thing? Because now you're a Mississippian, right? Did you do the Mississippi yeah. thing where you went to the store and bought a bunch of bread and water and milk and stuff? You know, my wife did. She uh, she, she she always um, prepares uh, for any type of storm or, or any bad weather. So we're stocked up uh, for the rest of the month right now. You would think, honestly, at my house, that the apocalypse was coming. We've got water. We've got toilet paper for days. I mean, my God, man. Like we were going to bunker down or something, dude. It's weird in this <laughs> state, man. Any kind of weather like this, and you would think that the rapture is here. No doubt. No doubt. You know, I guess we had a philosophy here uh, in my house. You know, it's better be overprepared than underprepared. It's yeah. like basketball. So yeah. we, we, we take that same approach we do in terms of preparing for games with 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 bad weather. So we're we're in the same boat. We're prepared for for the long haul if need be. Um so we're well stocked and if we if we need to bunker down, we we'll be just fine. Well, it's good to talk to you, man. I hadn't heard from you in a while and Ole Miss basketball like we mentioned is playing really well right now. Four games in a row, beat Missouri, beat Tennessee, big win at Auburn. That doesn't need to be overlooked coming back and winning in overtime. And then, of course, beating South Carolina. For you, I've talked about this with Kermit and with other people, but for you in particular, what do you think was the turning point for this group? You know, I just think it was, uh, you know, um, more so uh, than, than, you know, the physical part of, of the game. And uh, obviously, Coach is always uh, tremendous in terms of, like we mentioned a little bit earlier, and in, in, in kind of just in, 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 fun, in fun, so to speak, as far as preparation. We've always you know, been really prepared for games, X and O wise. But I think with this particular group, you know, with, with some of the pieces that we added and, you know, not, not to blame COVID or anything like that, but just it took a while for them to really mesh, you know, with, with uh, you know, some of the grad transfers we had, even with Matthew Morales as a young guy. And, um, you know, I think the mental part of it, just guys finally figuring out roles and what they can do within games to, to help our team be the best it can be. And I think, you know, after that, those, those two games, at Georgia and at Arkansas, you know, um, that that was a turning point in, in terms of guys really understanding, you know, what we need to do as a team, individual by individual, to be good. And and obviously, you know, you win a game, you get some confidence, uh, and it just kind of can create a momentum that's lasted for these, you know, last you know four games. And we've got to continue to do it throughout the the rest of the season um, for us to you know make a push where we want to go in postseason. But uh, the mindset, the leadership, uh, the mental part of it. And, you know, then obviously when that ball goes in the basket, everything, you know, uh, looks a lot better. And we've, we've, we've shot at the ball better. Uh, and we've, you know, we've, we've 
found a rhythm offensively that we hadn't had all season long. So I think just a combination of all those things has helped us play as 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 well as we're capable of playing, and I think we're still capable of playing even better. You touched on something that I think is the most salient point there. First of all, Ole Miss has scored in the 80s three straight games, but losing to Georgia, losing to Arkansas. Ole Miss, y'all just needed a result. So, yeah, Tennessee might have been ugly, 52-50. to 50. It might have been a grind, but getting the result, I think, was the most important thing to see that this can work and then learning to win in other ways, which is what happened against Auburn. I just think that Tennessee result itself was the most important thing. No question. You know, you, you work hard, you prepare, all the things we mentioned before, and you want to see some fruits of your labor, so to speak. And I think you know, the Tennessee, Tennessee game definitely did that for us. It was a big confidence booster for us, you know, against a team that's just really, really, you know, tough and physical, you know, that kind of we want to mirror ourselves, uh, you know, much in the same way. And so to win that game, the way we did it, kind of just, you know, finding a way to win. Offense wasn't even great at that particular, you know, that particular night. Uh, but we defended for a long stretch, obviously in the second half. And so, if you look up, all of a sudden you got a chance to win it. You you, you capitalize, you get a big home win, and then I just think from there it just really you know created cre- created some momentum for us to play. And then you know uh, Auburn, obviously you know that, that game was a higher scoring game, which we hadn't been in many of those and had success uh, throughout this season. But again, like you said, I think just the result of Tennessee, combination of of winning a you know, a tough game on the road against Auburn, especially the way we did it in buzzer-beater fashion, uh, just really has propelled us now to, to like I said, I, I think we've been capable all season to play well, and, and now now the, the results of doing it these last few games have really gave us a lot of confidence. It's really easy to point it out, but Devontae has stepped up his game. He's not going to be a rah-rah guy in the locker room, but now his teammates, when, when they're looking for somebody, they're looking to him. And I think that's another mm-hmm. big thing, too, that, that just Devontae – has taken ownership not only of the team but of himself and what the team needs from him. No question. Uh, I've been really proud of him. And I think we had, you know, I don't know who pointed it out to us, but just I think over the last maybe 10 games, he's averaging almost 20 points a game. I didn't realize that. I know he had some really big games. But, you know, just his confidence level has really, I think, just risen throughout the season and, and him understanding that for us to be good as the best player, most experienced guy, he's got to show up every night. And sometimes that don't mean scoring, but just just your confidence you have, just the way you kind of carry yourself, the way those guys can look towards you in terms of knowing if there's a big play, whether it be offense or defense, uh, that 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 you know you can respond. And you know, like Auburn, I think one of the biggest things that happened in that game down the stretch wasn't the offensive part of it, was defensively. You know, he he guarded Sharif Cooper. Uh, I think towards the end of the, I know towards the end of the regulation and most of the overtime, and I thought did a tremendous job. So just as a leader, finding ways to impact the game. And he, he's been tremendous. I think he, you know, he, he's playing like, you know, all-league guy, and he's playing like a guy who, who wants to finish his season, uh, you know, on a high level, high note, and try to get his team to the NCAA tournament. One thing, Coach Davis, again, after the Arkansas and, and, and Georgia games, both of them, uh, we, you know, Coach sat down with Devontae and said, hey, you know, this, this, this team – um, people are gonna remember your career by how your 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 this team finishes, and, and usually that's the case with most seniors, you know, uh, whether it was TDs last year, you know, getting us to the NCAA tournament, and he he kind of put that challenge, and I think he really accepted that, and he's you know again he's not a rah rah guy, real vocal guy, but but you can lead in other ways, and he's led by just his confidence and his he's giving us kind of a, a calm on the floor to know that and you can rely on him and depend on him in big games, and so we'll need that 
definitely the rest of the season um, and hopefully through March. I mean, the buzzer beater was one thing, but going to South Carolina and, yeah, the friends and family going back home, winning in a building that Ole Miss doesn't win in historically, I think 12-2 and two before Saturday, and then, of course, the loss in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that's part of it. But really what stuck out to me is Jarkel had an off night. That's going to happen. Romello got into foul trouble. That's yep. going to happen. He still had 14 points. And him still going out there and putting up 31 a career high, that shows you. That shows you growth and how far he's come along. No doubt. No doubt. Like I said, we've been you know, tremendously uh, proud of how he's just continued to, to grow in that aspect and that role throughout this season, even when it was a little tough for us. And, uh, and I think still the best is yet to come. I think he's got a lot more of those type of games left in him throughout the rest of the season. And, and uh, just like I said, just, uh, he's playing with a high level of confidence. We need that from him. And I think he's giving everybody else on the team an added boost of confidence by his play. Now, Kermit will say y'all only focus on a handful of things every day. That's hydration, sleep, diet, be a good teammate, uh, be receptive to coaching, follow COVID protocol. Do you pay attention at all to the bubble talk? Yeah, you know, it, you know, naturally, you know, human nature, you know, you, yeah, you, 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 it's hard to avoid. Yeah, it's hard to hard to not listen to it. Hard to avoid it. But 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 back to what coaches, you know, stresses every day is just um, outside of that, you can only control what you can control. And so I think that's the focus. You know, if we just take care of our business, I think the bubble talk and, and the postseason stuff will, 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 will take care of itself. And so. Our, 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 our really our main focus and goal and, and you know what we do every day in terms of coming to, 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 to the practice facility, coming to practice or coming to the gym is just trying to you know just get, get better, you know, get better. And uh, I think that's the one thing I think with this team that, you know, as a staff and I know coach, you know, is, 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 is proud of at this point in time is that we have just gotten better, you know, even through some ups and downs, some bad shooting nights, tough losses, you know, good wins, We've gotten better, and uh, if we stay on that trajectory, you know, I think the bubble talk and the NSA stuff and postseason stuff will, will will take care of itself. That's the one great thing about this league; it presents you a lot of opportunities to to uh, to stay in those conversations, you know, because of the teams you play and the competition night in, night out. So, uh, we've got a tough stretch down the road with some really good teams, talented teams in the league, and we've got to continue to play at a high level um, to put ourselves in a position to uh, get where we want to go in March. What a time for this ice to come, though, when you got LSU, which would be a great opportunity for resume building because I think they're net 27. Then the ice shows up. That is a very Ole Miss thing to happen, right? You get the scheduled, <laughs> scheduled game and the scheduled opponent, and now here, look at us. We're dealing with ice. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, you know, uh, it's always going to be some bumps in the road, you know. So, you know, like you say, you just can control what you can control. And, um, you know, obviously LSU is really talented. You know, they came in early in the season, a game that was you know, in the same fashion, kind of scheduled, um, you know, uh, the last minute, so to speak. And uh, we didn't play particularly well against those guys early in the year, and they played great. And they're very talented, very explosive offensively. They got the leading score in the SEC, and they got two of the, uh, with Wofford and, and Smart, two of the other most talented guys at their respective positions or just overall in SEC. So they present a lot of tough matchups and, 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 and a hard team to prepare for. Um, but we'll do our very, very best to get ready. Great opportunity, like you mentioned, to play them again at home, you know, at the Pavilion, and uh, especially, you know, trying to make a run here down the stretch. And so we'll be ready, I think, to uh, to play those guys. I know our team's excited about it. And, Hopefully we can get to the game with, with the weather. 
We'll get right back to Ronnie Hamilton, Ole Miss men's basketball assistant coach in this edition of Talk of Champions after we hear from BNA Bank, a proud sponsor of Talk of Champions. Reason number 12 to bank at BNA. We are the bank for Northeast Mississippi. We have one home, Northeast Mississippi. Seeing this local Northeast Mississippi economy thrive and helping the people of our area with their borrowing needs is our only focus. From buying a home to starting your own business, we are the team of local lenders standing ready to make your dreams a reality. BNA Bank. We are the bank of Northeast Mississippi. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Ole Miss is number two in the SEC in scoring defense. We know that Ole Miss can match up with pretty much anybody, but when you look at the different type of styles of the SEC, certain styles, it seems like, have proven to be tougher for Ole Miss to defend, be it Alabama, LSU, even Georgia. Just that up-tempo, early-in-the-shot-clock shooting, three-point shooting, volume three type of teams, getting up and down the floor very quickly. Why has that been so challenging, you to think? Yeah, I just think that, you know, some of those teams we've allowed, you know, the guards in those particular games to really dominate the game with, um, you know, whether it be dribble penetration or getting out and creating offense. Uh, and, and that's an area we we really worked on um, throughout the season. And I think we've gotten better at that. You know, we, again, like you said, we struggle in some of those where just whether it be severe Wheeler or uh, in Alabama's case, Quinley, you know, those guards are really, you know, kind of dominate the game, not only just scoring for themselves, but creating open shots and offense for their teammates. And so, you know, what happens sometimes with those particular teams is dribble penetration becomes the biggest, you know, defensive, uh, um, you know, kind of assignment or the biggest defensive key in the game. And, 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 and again, that's the area that we, we do try to work on the most, just be able to guard the basketball because, you know, what it does is forces you, you know, into rotations and long closeouts. And so uh, Devontae, Jarkel, all of our guards, Matthew, Austin, uh, all of them, you know, I think have, have, have taken on that challenge of, hey, we've got to be better at the point of attack against those teams that have those type of guards who play fast, who want to just really kind of just drive and kick and, and space the floor and play off ball screens. And so, um, you know, that's the one area that we've, we've had to get better. I think we've gotten better at. So, again, as you mentioned, you know, LSU is, is, is similar in, in some ways because of Javante Smart and, and the ability of Cam Thomas to just go get a bucket. And so it, it'll put uh, those, those to test, you know, in a major way on Wednesday. I could never be a coach, first of all, because I don't know shit, but also because, man, I would be relying so much or just so focused my brain on the losses, right? When I'm thinking about my postseason resume and then I think, oh, God, nine points against Florida, up nine points against Wichita State, or might have been seven, then nine against Dayton. I mean, those are the games. Yeah. You let only one or two of those slip. Just get one of those, and you might be on the right side of the bubble. I couldn't be in your position, man. I don't know how you do it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's ama- you know it's amazing just when you really think about it. And, and sometimes it didn't hit you to after the season, but just the fine line of winning and losing is, is what you just said, Ben. It's just you know two or three games can 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 make a season go from you know five hundred to twenty wins. I mean, just 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 a matter of you know three or four games, three or four possessions within each of those games. You know. Or you can go from 22 to have a really good seat or a good season to 26, 27 wins and have a great seat. It's just that fine line. And, and, and that's what the great teams find a way to do. And I think what we've been trying to do to, over the last month is, is become a great team. And, uh, and that's been our focus. And so I think we've made some strides. We've got still a long way to go, um, you know, just trying to close games out when we have opportunity and play consistently for 40 minutes 
And if we do those things, I, I do. I think we, we can be one of the better teams in this league. One of the big reasons why this team has become so good is because of KJ. He went through a little stretch there, and we'll call it personal issues because that's what Kermit's calling it. But he was going through some stuff, and now to see his reemergence and be the KJ, the do-it-all guy that y'all need him to be, and is coming off the bench, which he was so successful doing as a freshman, and how important he was at South Carolina. What about his growth and his um, ability to adapt and accept the role that is needed for this team in particular because every team is so unique? Yeah, you know, uh, a lot of credit to him and Coach and just trying to, trying to you know, f- find <laughs> – uh, ways to to get him to to be his best, and and he's taking on a lot of responsibility himself. And you know, he was you know he went through a stretch where where he wasn't playing the way he's capable of playing, and you know um, just needed to step back and go back to being who he was. And and I think he's done that. I think he's still you know, um, you know even getting to a point where he can play better. Uh, he played really good against South Carolina, South Carolina. Thought a lot of just you know it's just you know just toughness plays and. You know, plays are just you know winning plays that sometimes don't even show up in the in the, in the box score. You know, I thought the the play to to go back and retrieve. Um, uh, I forgot who shot it, just on that uh, offensive rebound and kick it to Romello. Just plays like that, fifty fifty plays, and just you know, just just things like that that, that we need out of him. And uh, but again, I mean, he 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 he's done a tremendous job of accepting um, you know that role, understanding what he can do to help this team, understanding what he needs to do to be as good as he can be. And it's a work in progress too, because I still think he's, he has a lot more room to grow. And as he does that, if he plays well, you know, he totally changes our team when he's, when he's being the KJ that we know he can be. And so hopefully down the stretch, he can, uh, he can continue to to do those things and, and even do them at a higher level. When the team was at its lowest, when it was like five of seven or maybe six of seven losses, did the team ever change? Were the habits still what they needed to be? The practice habits, the off-the-court habits, all that kind of stuff, was that still what it needed to be? Did you ever see this team give in to what might have been persistent and unrelenting negativity? No, not, not, not really. I mean, that's the one thing I think that this team is, has, has, you know, has done. It, their, work, their work rate and their, uh, their you know, the, the way they come to, 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 to the gym and, and, you know, kind of if you want to use focus, um, uh, or just, you know, again, just go out and grind every day. That, that hadn't changed. I think, you know, again, when you don't have the results, like you mentioned with Tennessee, right. Uh, that you want to have, especially when you do work, you know, the way we try to work every day, then I think, you know, your confidence can, can, can get jolted a little bit. And uh, and it was a stretch there, maybe from a confidence standpoint that, uh, you know, we, 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 we weren't, you know, the most confident team individually for some guys. And then, you know, overall as a team, when you do, you know, you're up nine against Florida and you, and, and, and you don't win. So, you know, it does, it you know, it does, it does kind of rock the boat a little bit in, in terms of, okay, can we finish a game? But, you know, they just stay resilient. Um, you know, coach kept trying to push, you know, all the buttons he could until we, we could finally figure out, you know, the right ones to push and uh, get those guys a lot of credit. Though. They just, they stayed the course. They stayed the course through, you know, some tough losses and some tough stretches where, man, you know, you look up and you, you know, you, you, you know, you're three and six in the league and, and, uh, and they found a way, you know, to kind of just work themselves out of that. And again, still a long way to go in the season with I think five or six games left that we got to, you know, still play the way we're capable of playing, but um, you know, the perseverance of just working and, and, and just focusing on all those things that you mentioned earlier in terms of everyday process 
has allowed us to to, to play a lot better and, and play you know the way we think we're capable of playing night in night out. If there was ever a time that Matthew Morell lost confidence, you couldn't tell. And my whole deal with him is, man, when you get an open shot, just shoot. Shoot as much as possible. <laughs> and it feels like you guys as coaches have said the same thing. With Matt, man, <laughs> just shoot because they're going to go in eventually. I mean, this dude doesn't like comedy. He's like he's like uh, Marshall Henderson, who's a graduate assistant for you guys. I mean, just shoot the ball, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I laugh because, you know, you, you, you sound like a coach when you say that. I mean, just – I mean that's that's been the the, the 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 rallying cry for him. I mean just yeah, just go out there and play, play hard, compete, have fun. But in, you know, even in simple simpler terms, when you when you get open shots, you get great looks. You gotta shoot the basketball. He's a really really good shooter. He's a big time shooter. I mean, it's, it's it's been who he has. It's been who he's been. You know, for for his you know for his whole career. So you know, never forget what you do well, and uh, but have confidence in doing it. So the one thing you know that I give a lot give Matt a lot of credit for. He's very, very coachable, he's receptive to, uh, to, to coach and, and, and trying to do the things to, to get him to be a great player. And so, you know, he allows you to, you know, coach him hard and correct his mistakes. And so, you know, when a kid does that and it's going to eventually work out and he's had some, he's had some really good games, even though he hadn't had necessarily high scoring games, just in terms of just, you know, defending and rebounding at times. And it's just a matter of time before it all clicks. I, you know, we're, we're all excited about him. I think he's going to be a tremendous player for us. But you're right. I mean, just, you know, a guy like him, when you get open shots, you got to shoot it with confidence. And uh, and I think he's understanding that. So I, I'm excited to see his his progression the rest of the season. He's going the Devontae route where he's deferring to Devontae. But once Devontae, if it's this year, if he stays, but probably gone – stepping in and then yeah you're the guy that's slashing and dishing and all that kind of stuff i mean it's just kind of waiting your turn yeah 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 it's coming it's coming it's coming and it's been neat to see like you said just i think his confidence has grown throughout the year just just being in games you know and again i tell all tell tell you know tell whether it be our players or you know whoever may be watching just it takes a little while for freshmen i don't care how rated highly rated or how challenged they are you know, it, it's, 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 it's different at this level. You got to go through some ups and downs. You got to figure it out on your own a little bit. And I think he's just in that natural process of, of growing as a, as a, as a big time player at this level in, in college basketball, but it's definitely coming and he works every day. He's in the gym early, he's in the gym late. So, you know, the results are going to pay off for him, you know, sooner than later. All right, before I let you go, I always ask you about recruiting. So I know you can't speak in specifics, but if you had to guess right now on February 15th, 16th, whatever it is, about what the approach will be to the spring, what y'all be looking for, what would you say? Yeah, you know, it's a great question. Um, and, and really, so much has changed. I shouldn't say so much has changed. It's just, you know, as we anticipate, uh, you know, the rules in terms of transfers, I think that's going to, um, you know, make a big difference in how, you know, April and, and the rest of this recruiting class will shape up. You know, you know, it seems as if most of the you know college basketball players, student athletes, I guess in general, will be able to transfer and play right away. They hadn't come down as official yet, but 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 it seems you know that's the direction it's going, and so that drastically changes you know your recruiting you know kind of mindset or or thought process. And so, uh, with that being said, you know we'll we'll be in that that transfer market if if that comes to be. And um, and then we just got to figure out, you know, the best way to improve our team with, you know, also the fact that, like you mentioned earlier, again, what's different this year than most is you have some opportunities for guys to come back. 
uh, that are seniors, you know, guys getting this extra year. We'll see how that plays out with, with some of our guys. So that changes some of your needs. So there's a lot of uncertainty there. You know, your roster, um, who's eligible right away in terms of transfers. Uh, and so I think a lot of that's to be determined into the season, not to not answer your question, but it's just, it's a weird year or a different year because of uh, some of the COVID rules, some of the new transfer rules we think is going to take in place. But um, we definitely, you know, feel like we need to add some guys that can build upon what we have, um, you know, on the current roster. And we'll figure out, you know, the best way to do that, you know, after the season. Because it's high school, it's transfers, and it's your current roster. I mean, a guy like a Hadim C, that one year of extra eligibility, it was like it was made for a guy like that. You're banged up. You're basically having a lost year because of all the injuries and the COVID and everything you've had to deal with. I mean, Hadim would be a good candidate to come back. Yeah, no doubt. And again, that's that's the, and and those guys that are seniors don't count towards your 13 scholarship. So again, it just it, it can drastically change what you what you what you what you need to maybe you know, add to your roster and, and, and what you can add in terms of scholarship numbers. So there's a lot of uh, fluidity, um, if you will, in terms of just, you know, the spring recruiting. There's some high school kids out there that are, you know, available, that are talented. And then you got to weigh those and against, you know, some of the transfers that are maybe already at this level and, and a, you know, more proven commodity. So it, it'll, it'll be interesting how it all shakes out with, with our roster and and, uh, you know, the spring recruiting period. But we'll be active in it, looking for the best team for next year. Now the hype machine is already in overdrive for Deshaun Ruffin. So what if you're telling Ole Miss fans should be the expectation for a true freshman point guard coming in? Because everybody wants the in-state kid, most highly ranked kid, highly ranked signee in school history, to come in and just set the world on fire. But what should be the realistic expectation? Yeah, you know, um, i tell you this. He, he's, he's super, super, you know, talented. And, he, and he's, a, you know, probably more different than anybody else on our team. Even Devontae in terms of he's a, a truest of truest point guards. Um, you know, he, he he's just, you know, he's he's grown up with the ball in his hands and 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 a lead guy that can, you know, make plays off the dribble. Uh he, you know, he's he's super skilled. And so, you know, we'll see. He'll have to make adjustments like all freshmen. But uh, you know, one thing I think you can expect out of Deshaun is he'll come in here with a lot of confidence. He'll come in with a guy that can really, really you know, some guys you have to call plays for, and some guys you can go make plays. And he's a guy that can definitely go make plays, which we'll need for sure, you know, next year's team. I think he's a guy that can make his teammates better. And so from an offensive standpoint, I think he'll add a lot of value in terms of just, you know, ability to do that. And uh, he's a fearless competitor. You know, he can really score it. And uh, he'll give us a dimension we we, 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 we haven't had, you know, to, to that extent, you know, um, uh, on next year's team, and we're excited about him. I think he's itching to get here. I know he wants to finish his high school season and try to win another state championship, but we can't wait to get him and, and start to really kind of implement him into things we do and see how quickly we can get him uh, uh, to play at the level that we think he's capable of playing at. I say this in the most complimentary way possible. I love how cocky he is. No doubt. I mean, I haven't found or been around a coach, a really good player that doesn't have some type of yeah. swagger, cockiness, confidence, however you want to label it. And uh, and so I, I love that about him. I mean, he again, you know, he's not the biggest guy, but he plays he plays big. You know, and that, I think that's one of the best compliments you can give him. I've seen him play in, you know, high level AU games with the best of the best in the country. And you know, every time the level of competition rises, he rises his game. And that's another sign, an indication to me, of just how good he can be. And so again, he he'll have to get here and and, and learn, um, you know, our system and and and, and how we play. And, and obviously defensively and those type of things, but 
uh, he'll come in here, uh, I think, you know, no question, ready to play at a high level, you know, at this level in terms of the SEC and be a guy I think can have a, a big impact on our team as a young guy, as a freshman. He's Ronnie Hamilton, Ole Miss men's basketball assistant coach. It's been too long, man. Thanks for coming on. I enjoyed it. We'll do it again. Sounds good. Appreciate it, Ben. Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.